Jesus. You 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, family. Thank you very much. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We have peace. We have rest. We have security. You are our everything, Lord, this morning. And as we gather together as your people, we thank you that we are blessed, that your hand is upon us because we are your inheritance. We are those for whom Jesus died on the cross. We are those for whom the blood speaks. It speaks on our behalf on a daily basis when the accuser of the brethren lifts up our name and our weaknesses and our sins before God. But we thank you that the blood of Jesus speaks for us this morning in Jesus' name. So thank you, Father, for this time and thank you for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's not intentional that my background is dark. (laughs) So bear with us, family, and we're hoping that we are not going to have any uh, cuts with regards to connection but we thank God for for this time that we are spending together in Jesus name we want to today is the 24th of January now just briefly let me tell you that there was a an inauguration in the states on the 20th you will realize that if you I didn't watch it uh, but for those who did watch it, did watch the highlights, Lady Gaga sang the national anthem. Now, it is public knowledge that uh, Lady Gaga is a known uh, Satanist and a Luciferian. Basically, she was uh, cursing everything that was happening. But all you want to know that I need to tell you at this point, there is a great belief that that will not stand, that, that what's happening there will not stand. Uh, there were things that were meant to happen on the 20th which did not happen because of certain reasons. But what you're seeing in the States uh, shall not stand. I could explain to you a whole lot of other things, but uh, at this point, I want you to know for those of, um, of us who have been praying all over the world for, for the America to be, uh, the America that God had preordained for it to be there, to arise once again, that America will arise because... As I said to you last week, the elections in America was not between Biden and, uh, and Trump. Those are two different uh, systems that they want to introduce. It's two different ways of life. It's two different uh, agendas. One is for the good of mankind in the earth. It's not even about America anymore. It's so deep. If we find time, we'll explain those things to you. Another thing you must understand, family, there you are dealing with uh, witches. The witches in, uh, in, in, in suits. They, they, are, they are serious people. But the church has been praying and God is going to do something. We, we, we are confident and we, we trust God that what's happening there shall not stand. Amen. Mm-hmm. We will go back to that some other time in Jesus' name. So we thank the Lord. We want to continue this morning on the subject that Mumji uh, was on. We have been on that for about three weeks or so. Uh, the End Times Church. 
the end times church we are talking about the end times church ibandlalo gcina kunezimpawu ezikhona okumele siyilindele ngebandlalo gcina ibandlalo gcina it's the church that heaven is waiting to see it's the church that heaven is waiting to see it's the church that nature even uh, groans uh, they are waiting to see manifestation of the sons of god in the earth who are going to correct that which the enemy has done through declaration and through prophetic utterances and reverse the works of the enemy in the name of jesus so we have been talking about the end times church church of the end times so that when we do what we do when we minister the word when we do everything that we uh we, we know to do as God's people we know exactly what the lord expects what is the final product what the church in her final stages and condition looks like what is her condition what's her power what's her standing uh, in the last days so as long as we know that at least we know that we are moving towards something that is known we are moving to toward you not just on a day to day basis just moving blindly we don't even know what heaven expects so it's the church of the end times is thombe sokugcina sebandla esivelayo ezwini lenkosi ibandla abantu abazibe sebefinyelele eko ekulaleni uNkulunkulu abantu abazibe sebe reach a stage of obeying god obedience to the will obedience to the word of god that is almost the ultimate of course this morning we are discussing other uh, trademarks umamji would have given us uh, other things but i want to discuss with you about seven of them today which are uh, i believe they are all encompassing we will next time of course add more but i want to just give you seven areas and uh, trademarks of the end times church uh, that over and above that you include everything that we have learned thus far in Jesus name but understand as we begin that one of the most important things for the church uh, in any dispensation is our level of obedience everything stands or falls uh, to the extent of our obedience to the lord we must be found to be obedient to the ways of the lord to that which he 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 says we must do uh, he is the general we are soldiers in the army we must move when he says move we must stop when he says stop everything stands or falls upon our obedience to the lord now if you turn with me please if you would second corinthians chapter 10 We are going to look at verse number 6. Uh 2 Corinthians uh, 10 we look at the at the 6th verse there. It says being ready to give punishment to whatever is against his authority after you have made it clear that you are completely under his control. Now there's another other translations one puts it this way it says being Uh, ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is completed the 
there is a time that we need to get to ibandlalokugcina lizwe seliphelelisiwe ekulaleleni unkulunkulu ngakho let is we being ready to punish all disobedience whenever your obedience is completed in Jesus name so understand that family as we begin i just want to lay a, a good foundation for you before we get to these seven things i want to talk about this morning we will reach such a level of obedience that will qualify us to judge disobedience we reach a level of obedience in the lord that will qualify us to speak against disobedience in the world now the the apostle paul was very clear about these things uh, he further explains in 1 corinthians 6 verses 2 to verse number 3 he says do you not know that the saints will judge the world and if by you the world is judged are you unworthy of the most insignificant courts do you not know that we will judge angels not to mention ordinary matters litingezulu anazi nokuthi abangcwele bayakwahlulela izwe na kepha uma izwe lahlulelwa yinina anifanele ukunquma namacala mancane na anazi nokuthi siyakwahlulela izingilosi na kakhulu ke okwalokho kuphila so there is that level that the church must reach where you will judge god will give you authority to judge the world and to judge angels now when you judge angels you are dealing with creatures who knows who know you who know your bloodline who know everything this is why we must reach a level of obedience so that when we do that there's nothing in us the ultimate level of obedience uh maybe let me just stop there because but let us check it this way family for us to be able to judge the world and for us to be able to judge angels we must be found to be obedient ourselves we must be found to be obedient ourselves i i want to labor that point because i don't want us to think that this thing called to bind and to loose when we do our intercession when we do the decrees that we do understand that partly that is judging the system when i bind the activity of the enemy i am judging what is doing in in actual fact i am declaring that he is wrong he in doing what is doing when i speak against whatever situation that is rising because the enemy is uh, is is allowing for that to happen and as a child of god i speak a word over that situation i am judging it i am judging it if i'm judging it i am already saying that whatever that's happening there it's not supposed to happen now the word of god says for us to be able to do that effectively we ourselves who are judging others we must reach a level of uh, of 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 obedience that is complete in Jesus name 
So one of the main trademarks then, family, I'm not into the seven yet. One of the main trademarks of the end times church is absolute obedience to the will of God. Dr. Martin Luther, he said something, he said the purpose of, of life is to do the will of God. The purpose of life is to do the will of God. Come what may. It's not to achieve pleasure or to avoid pain. Let me read that to you again. It says, the purpose of life is to do the will of God. When everything has been said and done, the ultimate purpose of life is to achieve uh, the will of God, us being able to walk in it. It is not to um, avoid pain. It is not to live in a place of, of, of pleasure. That's not what God had intended. If we do achieve a level of pleasure, if we do achieve a level whereby we are so content and there is a, a, a season uh, of painlessness in our lives, that is there also to help us achieve God's will and purpose. Everything that happens in our lives ultimately it is for us to be able to do the will of God in the earth. Pain or no pain. Pleasure or no pleasure. That must be very clear to a child of God who is listening to me this morning. So experiencing pain, family, in fact is a major part of obeying God. You will realize that in this life, because we live in the fallen world, our world is fallen. Obedience to the will of God may cause pain. Obedience to the will of God may cost you and I pleasure. That's just the way it is. Uh, more so because uh, obeying God is, uh, is never fashion in the earth. It's not fashion. So whenever you choose to obey God, you are inviting a measure of pain. You are inviting a measure of discomfort. You are inviting a measure uh, that will cause you to begin to question certain things about even your journey with God and your walk with God. Because obeying God is the ultimate betrayal uh, of Satan and the world system. Understand that, Bazalwa. Obeying God is the ultimate is ultimate betrayal of Satan and the world's way of life or the world's way of doing things. As such, we never, you and I never obey God without resistance. We never obey God without a level or a measure of pain. Uh, so don't be shaken, don't be moved. Obeying God will cost you something. Obeying God will cost you something. Because when you obey God, you are announcing yourself as someone who is jumping ship. You are announcing yourself as someone who belongs to another realm, to another kingdom, to another household. The Bible calls us we are of the household of faith. So understand that. We said some time ago, we've been saying this a lot. We said the highest form of worship is obedience. You will remember that. The highest form 
of worship is obedience. But you must also understand that there is a highest form of obedience. The highest form of worship is obedience, but there is also the highest form of obedience. Everything in the spirit has got, it's what you call a pinnacle, an apex, an an epitome. It's the the highest level. It's, It's the zenith. It's the acme. It's the nadir. It's the highest level of that particular thing. So obedience has got its pinnacle. Now, according to what we know in the word of God, the highest level of obedience, it is willingly dying for the cause of the gospel. Willingly dying for the cause of the gospel. If, you, if God asks you to give, a ten, to give somebody who is um, stuck at the till because they don't have 10 rand extra, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you and you obey God and you give that person 10 rand, that's, that's a level of obedience. When God tells you when you drive out, out, outside the gate, you are normally turning right to go to work. This time around, God says, 10 left. That's obedience. Mm-hmm. But that's a level of obedience. The zenith, the acme, the epitome, this, the highest level of obedience is when we willingly lay our lives for the cause of the gospel when you could disown Jesus and leave, when you could disown the Lord and go back to your life and enjoy your life, if, if it would be enjoying it after you have disowned him. But I wanted to understand that. That's why we need to understand and study the church uh, in China and the church in North Africa in these Arab nations because sometimes we walk tall thinking that we... We have reached a level of obedience in the Lord because the Lord gave you a word when you were sitting in the front row and the Lord said, go give it to your pastor uh, so that they can then tell the church and then you obey God. But that's not the highest level of obedience. Of course, if you disobey that instruction, it's got its repercussions, but it's not the highest level of obedience. There are levels of obeying God. There are levels of obeying God. So I'm saying to you, when someone puts their neck on something for them to cut it off, for them to be beheaded, knowing that they could at that very last minute say, no, Jesus, I disown you, they could then be let go and be set free. That is the highest form of of, of obedience. I guess that's why 11 of the 12 disciples died uh, through martyrdom as a demonstration that as a child of God, when you say that you have obeyed God, there is a scripture that says, we haven't resisted the enemy to the extent of shedding blood. We pride ourselves in uh, sub, uh, what do you call, sub victory and, and, and substandard glory. The highest, let me say this to you, family, the highest level of obedience is when we give our lives for the sake of the gospel. So I want all of us to begin practicing obeying God in these little things. 
Let's start in small things until we are perfected in obeying Him. So that should the world move in a particular direction and we are forced to stand one day and to choose between dying or uh, then staying in the world and enjoying our lives, enjoying it, we must be able to stand our ground and say, you can take my head if you want to, because we will have been practicing obedience on a daily basis, yet knowing that we have not reached the highest level of obedience because we have not been asked to give our lives for the sake of the gospel. Hallelujah. A child of God, end times church, is a church that will have been perfected in obedience. As such, every person living at the time, by the way, even as we speak right now, the church, the God is raising such a church. Don't think that it's going to be happening in the next 50 years. You and I are members, are part of the end times church. I know that you have been obeying God. I know that you have tried to the best of your ability to be obedient best way possible. We have resisted the enemy here and there. We have pushed back against uh, temptations, against the enemy when he came to you, wherever that would have happened. But I want you to know that there is one level. No, I'm not saying everybody will get to experience that. So when we get to a level of maturity in the Lord, there is no way we can take pride in anything. Because we haven't shed blood yet for the sake of the gospel. Most probably all of us will never get to that level whereby we will be made to choose uh, Jesus and the world. We will never get to choose between life and death. So that means, therefore, we walk humbly before the Lord. We never uh, show any level of pride or arrogance because we haven't done nothing. We haven't shed blood. There are people, I, they, there is a video I saw at my age. It moved me so profoundly. I don't think I, I will, will, never, I will ever watch uh, such a video again. What Muslims do to Christians in those nations. Things so, so just... You cannot really spend 15 seconds watching. I can't even explain it to you. That's how gruesome it was. I wonder if that were to come to our nation, how many Christians would remain? How many Christians would remain? So having said all that, family, I then want to say this. I want to make this following statement. There is one major thing that the end times church will register in the heavens that will resound throughout all eternity. Listen to me carefully, Bazalwan. I'm sharing with you the heart of the Lord. There is one thing that the end times church will register in the heavens that will resound in all eternity. It will be registered for all eternity to remember. Now listen carefully. The end times church will vindicate God. I want to explain to you what that means. The end times church will vindicate God. 
We will vindicate God for having... See, God created the archangels, seraphim. He created the, the cherubs. He created angels in their different ranks. Then God made Adam. And Adam fell. Adam sinned. Now, God must be vindicated by the end times church to say that God was not wrong in creating mankind. God knew what he was doing. The church of the end times will will represent humanity at its best. The church of the end times will represent humanity at its best. Humanity as God had intended for the human race to be. That's the church of the end times in Jesus' name. The church of the end times will represent all what humanity was meant to be. All that God had in his heart. When God said, let us now make man in our image and in our likeness in Jesus' name. I want to tell you that when this church arises, God will be vindicated. He will be vindicated when when we arise and we begin to walk in that power in that uh, nature that God had always intended us to walk in. The word vindicate, Bazalwan, it means to prove right. It means to justify by providing evidence. It means to clear of an accusation. Remember in Genesis, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6, It's one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible for me. In Genesis chapter 6, the Bible says, And the Lord saw that sin of man was great on the earth, and that all the thoughts of his heart were evil. And the Lord had sorrow because he had made man on the earth, and grief was in his heart. Other translations say, the Lord was sorry that he had made man. Other one one says, the Lord regretted, imagine that. The Lord regretted that he had made man. A translation that you may be holding in your hand this morning could be saying, it repented the Lord that he made man. So there was... That that God had made man, but man had let him down. There is a group of people, a remnant, that will vindicate. The end times church will vindicate the father, will prove him right. He will be justified in the fact that there is Genesis 1, 27, 28 in the Bible. Let us now make man in our image and likeness. Let him have dominion in the earth. God, the Father, will be vindicated by a church that's rising now in the earth in Jesus' name. When God had made Adam, the events of Genesis 3, Adam disappointed. Adam disappointed as such. God had to raise a second Adam. His name is Jesus Christ. So the church that God is raising, it will prove that God's decision 
was indeed correct. He is perfect in all his ways. He is just. He is omnipresent. He is omniscient. He is God who knows all things. He is a great God in whom there is no blemish at all. He will not be found to be wrong because the church will vindicate the Lord. Just say with me, say vindicate the Lord. Now, some of you are already vindicating the Lord, even as we speak right now. Your life vindicates the Lord. You are demonstrating, even today, you are demonstrating, even in our culture in 2021, that not all humans on earth are rebellious towards God. Not all human beings are sexually immoral. Not all humans are liars. Not all humans are gossips. Not all humans worship money. God is already being vindicated by a caliber of Christians who chose to obey him on a daily basis. When the Bible says the enemy is the accuser of the brethren, through accusing us, he indirectly accuses him because it's, it's, it's what Adam did in the Garden of Eden when, uh, when Eve had uh, eaten the fruit. Adam tells God straight in his face, says, it's this woman that you gave me. In other words, you were wrong in giving me what you gave me. The end times church will vindicate the Father. I want to be part of that group by the grace of God. That will vindicate the Lord. You are already doing that. You are already showing principalities and powers in the heavenly places. That not all young people love the world more than they love God. You are already doing that. Your life vindicates the Lord. Your life vindicates his decision in sending Jesus to die on the cross, shedding his blood for mankind. You are saying, Lord, you were just Lord. You were right in doing what you did. Your marriage vindicates the Lord. Our relationships, how we handle our relationships vindicates the Lord. Our attitude vindicates the Lord. Job. He's he's an amazing example of a man who proved to Satan. Now he was dealing with Satan one-on-one. He vindicated the Lord. For the Bible says, And Satan said in answer to the Lord, Is it for nothing that Job is a God-fearing man? Have you yourself not put a wall around him and his house and all he has on every side? Blessing the work of his hands and increasing his cattle in the land. But now put out your hand against all that he has and he will be cursing you to your face. And the Lord said, Satan, see, I give all he has into your hands. Only do not put a finger on the man himself. And Satan went out before the Lord. And of course, as he went out, he went out to persecute Job. I tell you this morning, family, 
Verse 22 says, In all this, Job did not sin. In all this, Job did not sin and did not say that God's acts were foolish. He did not say that God's acts were foolish. God was vindicated through men called Job. That's the end times church family. I wanted to look at this very broadly because what I'm going to be addressing with you now from this point onwards, it's, it's very uh, broad and global. When we walk in power, when we speak in other tongues, when we do all the things which you and I are co- consider spiritual and charismatic and we lay hands on the sick and they get healed, I wanted to look at all that uh, in perspective because we do not do those things just for the sake of doing those things. God is building an end times church, but there is more to the end times church than the thing that we practice probably in church, in a church setting. The anointing and grace to walk in these things, God is already releasing. So I want you, as you listen to me this morning, understand that the, the grace to begin to walk in these things it has not been postponed to another generation that will, I don't know what they will do. You and I, we belong to a generation of people who are going to resemble and reflect and portray and demonstrate to South Africa the kind of people that God wanted to create in the earth. We are going to uh, begin to display to people that that's why God made man because he wanted them to live this particular way. Seven areas that the end times church will be strong in. Now again, when I begin to go through this, I want you to factor everything Mom G has said and is taught in the name of Jesus. One of the things, the first thing that I want to address with you, family, now I would love for you to note these seven things down. I want you to begin to note them down. The first one is family. It's family. The end times church will be a church of strong families. The end times church will be a church of strong families. Fathers will be fathers again. Mothers will be mothers again. We'll begin to restore our children to the ancient path. I want you to know that the, the enemy hates family. Everything that happens in our families is strategic because family is key. He seeks to dissolve it. He seeks to redefine it. He seeks to keep a family only as a shell, but the software is, uh, is his software. I want you to know that the church of the end times is a church where men and women will have a revelation of God's strategic kingdom purpose for family. Remember everything that God does, family as an institution, there is a kingdom strategic purpose for family. It's not just for us to procreate. It's not just for us to just have children and just send them to school. There is a kingdom purpose behind every 
thing that God does. I want you to remember that there is a kingdom purpose behind everything that God does. So understand that family has a strategic kingdom purpose. There's a strategic kingdom purpose behind family. Secular education. Let me just put it this way. Schools, family, were not meant to to give our children a way of life. Family was meant to be a kingdom school. Family, according to the kingdom of God, was meant to be a kingdom school for kingdom living. In other words, when we raise our children, we school them in the ways of life, in the culture of the kingdom such that by the time they are released to interact with the rest of society, we have been uh, raising them and training them in the ways of the kingdom. Secular education was only meant to skill people, skill people so that they become valuable contributors and participants in the economy of their nation. But it's family, it's family that was meant to raise people in kingdom ways to raise our children such that they have a kingdom worldview when they step out there. They are values that they begin to demonstrate. They are principles that they begin to demonstrate in the world in Jesus' name. Children are not to be dictated. Their way of life is not meant to be dictated by an academic institution. That is not what God had intended, family. I wanted to understand those things because I want to broaden your understanding of why God put us here and why we have an institution called family. I'm saying to you, children are not to be dictated to in terms of their way of life and their worldview by an academic institution. It's not supposed to happen. That is the job of the family. I remember there was a gentleman called Socrates. He said children should be uh, trained to be ideal citizens. Children should be trained to be ideal citizens. Now, you must understand that the world has got its own definition of what ideal means. But God's word must determine what ideal looks like. That's what is not happening today. Schools seem to have taken over the role of family. We have handed over our role to a teacher in a classroom to raise our children for us, to begin to deposit in them a certain worldview, a certain way of doing life. That is not what was meant to happen, family. Now you say, but what about my child is already out of my hand, they're already married, they are now independent. I want you, family, uh, to know this. If you have your kids out there already. I want you to learn to pray for them. Pray for your children. Pray for, pray for your grandchildren. But for those of us 
who still have our children under our roof and they are still within that age gap where they are pliable, where we can still impart uh, knowledge and understanding to them. I want you to know that according to the will of God, we are meant to raise them in a particular way in the name of Jesus. I want to explain to you what we have done as a, as a family, the Kabasha family. We have set apart Fridays as a family day. Set apart Fridays, we, we set the table and we have communion together. And I begin, of course, we pray on a daily basis. Sometimes because of the nature of things, we, we would skip a day. But we, to the best of our ability, we pray on a daily basis. But Friday is set apart. I would, want, I would love for you to do that, Mazalwan. Because the church of the end times will be strong in family. The church is as strong as its families. Set apart a Friday with us. And uh, just have communion. Set your, your table. Have your supper together. The culture of sitting at the table as families is gone. We sit around the table. And we begin to look at each other in the face. We spend more time looking at this face. More than we look at each other's faces these days. And that's. I understand the digital world, but I want us to be intentional about restoring the ancient paths and not allowing secular culture to dissolve us and to neutralize us. So the first thing before I move on, family. So I love for us to dedicate a Friday to what I do is we sit around the table. We've got our, our Bibles. Of course, the, the, the dinner is already set. And I bless my children. I bless them. I uh, open a word of blessing. I speak a word of blessing over all of them. And over my wife, over the family in Jesus' name. So, Barcelona, let us be intentional. Let's protect family. Family is key. If the Lord is going to raise a strong church, He will not do so in the absence of a strong family, strong husband, strong wife, strong children who honor their parents, uh, parents who love their children and who are there for them in Jesus' name. Now, the second thing, there's a lot to say about family, but we don't have time to expound on all of it. Now, the second thing I want to share with you that the end times church will be strong in it's the area of marriage. Marriage is, uh, is God's idea. And I wanted to understand that the end times church will be strong in marriage. Sometimes we, you know, because we are not grounded in certain things, we, we, we grow in certain areas and then we, we neglect the very pillars of what makes the church strong. The end times church will be strong in marriage. Mm. In Jesus' name. I already said to you that understand that marriage was God's idea. Marriage is God's idea and it has a strategic kingdom purpose in what God wants 
to do in the earth. If a marriage, Bazalwan, it, it's under God's government. If a marriage is, a, is subjected to the will of God and to the word of God, there's something about it that allows for security. I wanted to know something that my wife must have a sense of security. My children must have a sense of security. What do I mean by that? I'm not even talking about money. My wife must be secure in the fact that she will not grow old alone. Let me repeat that. My wife must have a sense of security that I will not in the next week or in the next two months, it's up and gone. A marriage that is secure, that is under the covering of heaven, whereby the husband and the wife have a covenant with God and they are partners, they have a revelation, a kingdom revelation of the purpose of marriage. It allows for security. My children should never ever think that one day they will wake up and dead is not there. They must have a sense of security that I will always be there to support them. I will always be there to protect them. I will always be there to encourage them. To if the world out there is beating them, even emotionally, if everyone out there is against them, marriage and family, they're kind of intertwined, but I'm just separating them. These must create a kind of a nest whereby whatever happens out in the world, a marriage, a family creates a nest without thorns. No matter what happens, I don't know if you are aware of this, there are many people, they park their cars and they spend an hour in their cars because they just don't want to go uh, and, and just be part of their families because it's so depressing. They are better off in the work space than they are with their wives and with their families. It's not supposed to be that way, family. It's not supposed to be like that. As a kingdom person, as a person who is washed in the blood, interceding, doing warfare, doing repentance, doing all the things that we do, those things allow for us to be better wives, to be better husbands, to be better children. Those things allow for us to establish and build strong families and strong marriages. Amen. So as a married man, Bazalwan, I'm just going to just, um, I can't discuss all these things with you today. I'm just going to, I'm just looking at time as well. It's, all, it's almost 10. I'm on the second one. As a married man, my calling involves being a blessing to my wife and being a blessing to my children. Maybe if I can just repeat that and move on. As a married man, my calling involves being a blessing to my wife and being a blessing to my children. My very presence in their lives must enhance their earthly experience. My very presence in their lives must better them, must make them feel right, must place them on a particular level whereby if I was not part of their lives, that would not have happened. Amen. So 
I want us family to set apart a Friday as a family day in Jesus' name. And uh, young people, I want you to do something because you will say, but I'm not married. If you are single, a young person who is single, I want you to set apart a Friday. I want you to do what I did. Because I want you to go into your room on Fridays where you are a, a young person or you are a single mother, not married yet, whatever the case is, or a single father, not married yet. And there's a, a desire in your heart that one day you will experience that kind of life. Uh, of course, it's great to pray for these things. If it happens, praise be to God. If it doesn't, we, we bless God anyway. But it's, it's great to pray towards them. So I want you to do three things on Fridays. Because we are declaring today, family, a Friday as a, as a family day. We're going to explain those things again in terms of how the, 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 the Sabbath comes in there. But not now. Number one, I want you to go into your room. Uh, I want you to pray for your, for your husband who is not there yet. <laughs> and pray for your... That's what I did. I prayed for my wife for about five years, intentionally. I did that. Uh, pray for your wife, uh, Apani. Lunga is part of us. Pray for your wife. Somebody will say, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not carnal. It's, that's nonsense. If somebody tells you it's carnal, that's, 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 I'm telling you as your spiritual father. Pray for that which is not yet. Pray for your family. Pray for your spouse in the name of Jesus. Bless your children before they are, not, they are, they are even there. Bless your kids in your loins. Speak health over them. It's, it's, it's Friday. It's family day. If they are already there, just speak a blessing over them. Whether the father is there or not there, it's irrelevant. You are a kingdom person in Jesus' name. It is our responsibility to speak life over them. So I want you as a, as, as a young person on Fridays, I want you to dedicate your Fridays uh, towards praying for family. Pray for family. I don't know how many times we've heard of people who have, who have, who have uh, been mismatched because they got married for wrong reasons. If we pray for these things, God has a way. Of, 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 of working out circumstances such that His will for our lives is, is, is fulfilled. I've always prayed those years, many, many years ago, for a woman that God had in His mind when she was created in a mother's womb. Amen. So I want you to do those things, family. Ask God for His perfect will towards your family in Jesus' name. Amen. There's lots to say concerning that. I've only just scratch the surface but the church of the end times is strong in marriage and is strong in the family deadly family the church of the end times uh, is strong in in their understanding of money now i'm not gonna stay here for too long because this requires a series all i can say to you is this the end times church will have a holy relationship with money. The church of the end times will have a holy relationship with money. All I can tell you right now is that, understand this, Mazarani, the system is rigged against you. The world system is rigged against a child of God. 
It is designed to oppress you. It is designed to keep you in bondage. It is designed to keep you in perpetual debt and poverty through loans. It is already rigged without you. So tithing gets God involved in your face. There's stuff that's being said right now that the world system is going to be collapsing, but not for a child of God. So what we do is through our giving, we acknowledge that God is our provider, that whatever collapses left, right, and, and center, it is God who sustains. We are, we are in the economy of heaven. If the economies of men fall through giving, through tithing, we have invested and we have joined hands and made covenant with the economy of heaven in Jesus. Now understand that money is spiritual, Basilwan. Money is very spiritual. So be careful where you send it. Money is as spiritual as you would never maybe understand. It is so spiritual. Be careful where you send All I'm saying today to you, the church of the end times will have a, a revelation of what the purpose of money is. There are two things you can do with money. You can build a golden calf or you can build... A, a temple for the Lord. That's what happened. Uh, the children of Israel, they collected gold and, you know, with their wealth. They built a golden calf. That's what the world system does. And they worship that thing. But in the kingdom of God, we build a kingdom and uh, we understand the purpose of money. Of course, you buy your properties and everything, but we understand that God's strategic purpose for finances it is to join hands with heaven for him to be able to fulfill his purpose in the earth in Jesus' name. Number four, the church of the end times family will have, listen to me carefully, Bazalwan. The church of the end times will have value for human life. That, has, that, that, that concept, God has been speaking to me about that quite a lot, especially among Shail and Kwakwain. And this person, Uhambangati, uh, they've got no sense of, of agency. They just walk. I remember some years ago, I was this person was doing push-ups in front of my car, drunk. Did push-ups in front of the car. The car is coming. He just he calls his friends. They want to show off. The church of the end times has value for human life. I'm not going to run over that person because has a revelation of God's love for humanity. Iban Zalokrina understands the value of humanity in God's eyes. Iban Zalokrina values human life. Now, that has got lots of tentacles and repercussions, family, which I, I, might, I will definitely explain to you at a later stage. This is why when you and I look at a prostitute, we are moved. This is why when we look at a street child, we are moved. We may not always uh, wind down the window and give them something because we understand that there are people who work behind the scenes, but we do certain things from time to time. But this is why you and I, when we look at certain things, human condition, something in us is moved because before there is this worldwide global harvest that is being spoken about. God is going to restore our love for humanity. Because you cannot be sent to people you don't love. 
There is no way that you can be a blessing to someone you don't have love for. That's why he asked the apostle uh, Peter, do you love me? You love me, so then go and minister to my lambs and to my sheep. Love is the mother of all ministries. For us to be able to minister to the world, for us to be able to minister to the nations, we, have, we must have a revelation of his love for humanity as God has it in Jesus' name. When you and I look at there are these child-headed families, there are these uh, child-headed homes, there are, uh, there, there are these old people who are all by themselves. I remember my wife took a uh, uh, hike and pray to some place. They were ministering there. She is busy at this point uh, trying to help this child. We're just praying over it. Who's a prostitute? One of them, she's already gone back home. Because even the Lokthina, places value on human life. And if somebody comes to church and asmazi wants the world to be saved, places value on human we respect and all honor all people. We honor them. I teach my children to honor those people. Uh, we, we, we teach our children to open doors for Abantu who think when they look at us, why? Because something in us values them. And because that, that love has been planted in us, God can trust us with great things to minister to them. I don't know how we're doing for time, family. In Jesus' name, if you can just bear with me, just give me just uh, uh, last 10 minutes and then I will, I will finish. Uh, number five, one thing I want to also share with you. I hope you are writing these things down. Because this is the reason why there is an institution called the church in the earth. Number five, Iban Zalokina will be strong on nation building. Write it down. Iban Zalokina will be strong on nation building. By virtue of us being the church of Jesus Christ, we are nation builders. By virtue of us being in the kingdom of God, we are nation builders. The end times church will have a supernatural love for their nation. We build the nation. If there is something called a patriot, a patriot is found in the kingdom of God. All these people, all they want to see is just to uh, enrich themselves and squander the resources of the state. If you want to see a, a nation being blessed, place a kingdom-minded person in a, king, in a, in a position of authority, in a, in a position of influence, where they are entrusted with resources so that they can um, benefit society. Every cent will be spent accordingly. Why? Because we have been called to be nation builders. It is as if we are guardians of our nation. 
We are guardians of the very nation. We pray for the nation. We bless the nation. When everything seems to be going down in the nation, we are the people who speak kindly upon the nation prophetically. We begin to extract words from the Bible and we speak prophetically upon the nation. When they, when, when they are debts, when there is rape, when there is crime, we speak and we begin to uh, calm those flames in Jesus' name by the word of God. By prophetic decrees, we are nation builders. Wherever you see a child of God, you are seeing someone who is adding another brick to ensure that the nation grows and becomes strong in the name of Jesus. We do not join hands and partner with those who break down and, and, and strip the, fem- uh, the, 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 the nation of, of, of all that it's supposed to be. We don't strip South Africa. We don't reap South Africa off. We bless the nation in the name of Jesus. We are trusting God for him to raise people in in places of, of influence in the name of Jesus. Why? Because God loves the nation. God loves South Africa. God loves this nation. He's waiting for us to have a kingdom mindset to understand that wherever he places us, there is a kingdom a strategic role for us to play there in Jesus' name. So, family, I wanted to understand that I'm, 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 I'm drawing to a close. We seek only the best for our nation. Last point on this issue. I even see instances, Bazalwan, whereby political leaders will eventually understand why the church exists. I've spoken about that before. As, as we begin to arise as God's people and we have a revelation of how really the end times church look like. When a politician looks at godly people, they will begin to understand the reason why there is a concept called the body of Christ on earth. What is our strategic purpose in the land in Jesus' name? Number six, the end times church will have a strong sense of purpose. A strong sense of purpose. The end times church will look at life as nothing but an opportunity to partner with God for him to fulfill his purpose in the earth. The end times church treats marriage and family and our career and all the stuff that our wealth in the name of Jesus, not as the reason for living, but as a means to get, the, to get the will of God done. Let me repeat that. The end times church will look at marriage and family and career and wealth and all the things which at this point you and, I, you and I think it's the reason for us being here. Those things are the means for us to be able to fulfill the will of God in the earth. So the end times church will have a strong sense of purpose in the name of Jesus. Amen. We will explain that going forward in, in, in some weeks to come, but understand that. Have a strong know why we are here. Whether I get married eventually or I don't. Whether I get to experience certain things in life or I don't. But my purpose for being here is to partner with God, is to partner with heaven for Him to gain access into the earth realm. 
for him to be able to influence the earth through my existence. That's the ultimate goal for us to be here. A strong sense of purpose in this life in Jesus' name. Finally, Bazalwan, the end times church will have a strong sense of eternity. The end times church will have a strong sense of eternity in Jesus' name. What you and I are satisfied by, in other words, when we consider ourselves fully content and fully satisfied, our ultimate joy, it is to spend eternity with the Lord. All the things which happen in the earth, they are there for us to be able to, while we are busy doing the will of God, for us to, our life to be, to have a sense of order and convenience and structure. Amen. For us to be able to feel the purpose of God, the sense of security, but the ultimate purpose is for us, that's, that's our ultimate it is to, is to spend eternity. We are fully satisfied with nothing else but to spend eternity in the presence of the Lord in Jesus. That's our reward, our ultimate reward. In other words, the end times church, our feet are in the present, yeah. but our eyes are locked onto eternity in Jesus' name. So understand these things, family. We will flesh them out as we go along. But as we, as we close, I just want to read this scripture to you in Jesus' name. Remember, you are part of the end times church. You belong to that which God is building. And we are building it together. We are not irrelevant. We are not just an, a religious group of people. Just go to church on Sunday. We belong to in the bigger scheme of things. God has us there. The church is God's strategic purpose. The church is strategy for God to do something in the earth. He uses us as his strategy. Now, this scripture in Revelation 21, 1 to 8, the Bible says, The new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea did not exist any longer. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of God is with humanity. And he will take up residence with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will will be with them and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death will not exist any longer and mourning or wailing or pain will not exist any longer the former things have passed away and the one seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new and he said right because these words are faithful and true and he said to me it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the one who is thirsty, I will give water from the spring of the water of life freely. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. 
But as for the cowards and unbelievers and detestable persons and murderers and sexually immoral people and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, their share is in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Now, Father, we thank you for what you are doing in the earth today. And we thank you for the church that you are raising. We want to be found eventually in the presence of God. After we have labored in the earth, after we have done all the stuff we know how to do in the earth, and you are still teaching us, raise, I pray, a people in Jesus' name, who will vindicate you before the fallen angels, before principalities and powers, a people who will make you the God that you are and portray you in the eyes of the world in the manner that you had intended, in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you raise such a people in this group, plant in us, such a spirit as would raise us into a people you are waiting to see. The kind of church that heaven is waiting to see. We are not just religious people. We are an army. We are a nation. We are part of a culture. We are part of your strategic purpose in the earth for you to fulfill what you want to see happen in the earth in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, family. God bless you. God bless all of you in the name of Jesus. Amen.